Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you This is Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug from the church next door. Pastor Doyle Jackson is with me as well. This is a great week. It is. We're starting off. It's Thanksgiving week. We got yeah, my... This is, this is like your favorite holiday it in is. the world. That's you get was... your perfect meal. This is my favorite meal of the year. I look forward to it all year. Something I don't look forward to, though, uh, worry and anger. Now, you've no. given me a quote here that I like. You can't live with worry and anger and someone else at the same time. Two is company, but three is a crowd. So if you want to be in a relationship with someone you're saying here, worry and anger can't be a part of it. you got to get out of that fantasy. Yeah, I, I think that what people don't realize is that worry and anger don't come from God. They, they are not. They are, they're an unholy source. And and so God invites us to him. I I give this example from Scripture. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, and the reason he comes at night is because he doesn't want other people to see him coming mm-hmm. to Jesus, okay? So he has some worry and some fear, you see what I'm saying? And yet he knows that his religious effort isn't working. It's not getting him into a relationship with God. You may feel that way. You may feel like, you know, your religious effort isn't getting where you need to go. And what Jesus says to him is, there's a gap between the natural realm and the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get there is with God's help. Yeah. And you can cross that chasm while you're alive if you'll believe in Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive in on how you move from either worry or anger or worry and anger into the spiritual relationship with God that will give you peace and new life. There are spiritual forces in this world. We do not deny that, but there is a greater force. There's a greater power. It's the creator God. It's Yahweh. It's it's the God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He created the universe. He put the stars into place, and he sent his son, the Messiah, Jesus, to die on a cross, to, to break the hold of evil and sin over us, that we might have life in him. And he wants us to stay firmly established in that. Don't believe. Don't go back. See, the people that, that Paul is talking to here didn't grow up in Jewish religious homes. They didn't grow up in a home where they believed in God and Yahweh. They didn't have an outline for what was morality. They lived in a world that was polytheistic, pantheistic. There were many gods, many spiritual forces that needed to be worshipped. There were many things that you had to do. Every day was a constant work of effort to please these gods and these spiritual forces. And Paul is saying, don't believe it. Those are philosophies. And then they're built on also on elemental spiritual truths. Stick with Jesus. The Jesus that brought you peace. The one that gave you life. The one that died for you. That's the kind of God you want to live for. Not a God that wants you to die. Not a God that wants you to serve them. 
a God that served you. You see, when, when, when Paul writes them, he says, God's word invites us. What does he say invites us to? Understanding and wisdom. So what he says is, there's a, there's a spiritual realm, and there's an understanding and a wisdom that comes from God that can help you see through this so that the fantasy won't overtake you. But the world invites us to something without Christ. <laughs> it's interesting. What the, what the world does is they say, well, well, take Christ and set it aside. What, what you need to do is, is listen to us. And, and, the, and the world invites you and I to, to horoscopes. Huh. It says, you're worried? You want to know the future? Open up your horoscope. Or it says, how about this? You just need to meditate. If, if you're anxious and you're angry, you just need to meditate. Choose one of these forms of meditation that doesn't have God involved. Not on his word, not on Christ Jesus, but just try meditation. It'll make you feel better. Or, or maybe they tell you this. What you need to do is just start speaking your reality. Just start, just start saying over yourself what you want, and it'll begin to be manifest. See, this, these are the hollow and deceptive philosophies that have been printed and reprinted for generations after generation. But they, they are without God. In every one of them, they take God and set it aside. See, there, it's a fantasy. It's a lie. You cannot get the results you want unless you tap in to the ultimate source. And what they do is they're these hollow and deceptive philosophies. And that's what Paul is warning them about. And I'm here to warn you today. I'm here to tell you that, that if you begin to believe that, that you can think that somehow you can have a, a form of godliness, but yet deny his power, as, as Paul said to Timothy, if you think that somehow you can believe that, that you can love God and, and practice these other things, you can't. Because you're inviting other spiritual forces into your life besides his. The only spiritual force you want to be guided by is the creator of the universe. The only one that has the ultimate power and authority over your life in this world. You, you surrender yourself through him, but you're not acceptable in your own right. You're only acceptable through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the work that he did on your behalf. Because see, you could never be righteous in your own righteousness. That's what he invites us to. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy to believe that you can interact in this world ungodly in ways that oppose the principles of God and get godly results. Here's a, here's a definition of fantasy, okay? I put it in your notes, fantasy. An act or thought, an act or thought of imagining things, especially things that are impossible or improbable. I mean, can I just tell you? That could also be the definition of insanity, couldn't it? To believe that something that's impossible or improbable will give you results. And yet you and I live in a generation and an age where we invite you to fantasize about everything. And, and I'm not against you creating your own little avatar to, to, to be your icon online. I'm just saying... If you believe that that is going to be your reality and thrust you into something on a spiritual plane, you, you are going to be left in pain and in anguish. The whole idea for this series actually came from Dr. Corey Teague. He spoke here last year about this time. You may know him as Master's Dad, all right? 
Dr. Teague is a, is a professor of psychology and, and, and a counselor at, at the Middle Tennessee State University. He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of yours. And, and, and because he preached here last week, year, excuse me, last year, he, he, he was so touched by that experience, he wrote this book called Got Milk. And, 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 and he dedicated it to you. He, he said, I, I was so amazed that, that I was asked to speak, and I was so amazed that God would give me that opportunity. And in his discussion with you last year, and in his discussion in this book, he talks about fantasy. And then listen to what, what Corey has to say about fantasy. He says, when we attempt to live with no faith in God, we stumble. If we are not living in faith, we're living in fantasy. We're living in the belief that somehow we can be godly, yet say, I don't have to follow godly ways. See, God has always required his people. If you want his blessing, you have to be obedient. And we've lived in a generation, and it's, it's happened within the church, and I'm, I'm shocked by it. The church at Broad has told people that, that, well, yeah, God has his way, but, you know, there's a lot of grace. He'll, he'll, he'll forgive you for that. I don't believe that God is sloppy, and I, I don't believe that you and I should be sloppy towards God. Do I believe that he'll forgive you if you, if you slip up, if you make a mistake? Yes, but let's not take God for granted. Let's not begin to, to, to ignore his prerequisites, his requirements, his standards. See, you have a relationship with God, and any relationship has requirements. It requires respect, or it's not a relationship. And we've lived in a generation that says, I don't have to respect God. And that's a fantasy because we believe that we could disrespect God and his standards for morality and relationship and still think we could get godly results. You won't. That's a fantasy. That's what Corey's talking about here. Fantasy is wanting God to bless you, but you don't have to be obedient to God. Fantasy is in believing that I can have godly results, but live ungodly. It won't work. Don't do it. Don't do it. In John chapter 3, Jesus is teaching. And there's this, this religious guy, this guy who's grown up in a godly home. He's a Pharisee. His name is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus hears about Jesus, and he's intrigued because he's heard of the miracles that Jesus does, where, where Jesus heals people, Jesus delivers people, where Jesus, you know, he forgives their sins, and that really upsets people. And he says, but I got to know more. And so he sneaks out at night. He sneaks out one night. I think this is funny because many of you did that. You snuck to church, and you sat on the back row, and I'm not picking on the back row. I know you guys back there. Hi, George. Some of you, you, you go online. And what you're doing is, you're just trying to, you're trying to get within earshot of God and, and you're trying to figure it all out. This is what Nicodemus is doing. You might be a Nicodemus, okay? And Nicodemus is there with Jesus and they're talking and, 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 and finally, Jesus looks at Nicodemus and he says, Nick, what you need is just to be born again. Now that, that's become common vernacular, especially in the 1970s and 80s. We talked a lot about you must be born again. And, and, and Nicodemus hears this and he's like, what? How can I be born again? You expect me, a grown man of all these years, to re-enter my mother's womb and start all over again? And he's just kind of frustrated with Jesus. And what Jesus is trying to say is, 
Nick, you're not getting it, man. You need a fresh start. You need a do-over. You need to begin your life again on the spiritual level, but this time you've got to trust God instead of yourself. See, before, you've been trusting in the religion. You've been trusting in your list of rules, and I want you to trust the relationship with God and his love. See, this is the problem. Nicodemus grew up in a good religious home, a good religious home, and they taught him what right and wrong were. And so he began to look at the list, and he began to follow the list, but he missed the relationship. Hear me on this. Religion is about what you do. Jesus is about what he's done. And see, what Jesus has done is he went to the cross and the grave and rose again that you might be freed from your sin and the power of evil in this world that you might have new life. Now, once you have that relationship, because it is a relationship, there's some requirements. I mean, the other night, Jennifer said, I want to go to dinner. That meant I was paying. That's a relationship, right? You got it? See, people, people, people get all twisted up because, well, I don't understand why I got to do all this. Everybody knows if you're in a relationship, you got to do something. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you can ignore the other person. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that somehow you can take them for granted. I mean, you got to have manners. You got to see, this is the kingdom of God. So once you and I, now this is why I say this is important because everybody wants to say, I'm under grace. I can live the way I want to. Then you're not in relationship with God. You don't respect him. You don't honor him. He doesn't get the fruit of the relationship with you. You just want the fruit of the relationship with him. And that's disrespectful. And that's what Jesus is trying to help Nick understand that night. And this is what Jesus says to him. We're still with Nick. Don't, don't, don't forget that. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. We testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? What Jesus is saying is, Nick, you don't get it because you're still looking at things on an earthly level. And I'm inviting you to believe on a spiritual level, on the kingdom of God level. This is why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, may your kingdom be come and your will be done. This is why when you and I, when we just start confessing things out over our life, the things that we want. We're not asking his kingdom to come, are we? We're asking for our desire. This is why manifestation is wrong. When you and I go to, to horoscopes and we go to that, we're looking to an ungodly worldview and asking them to direct our life instead of him. And that's, that's, that's breaking the relationship. When you and I meditate and we welcome any spiritual force into our life, rather than the Holy Spirit of God into our life, we open ourselves up to demons and all sorts of evil and wicked. This is not a game to be played with. They are real. Your spirit is designed for holiness. Your spirit is designed for love. Your, your, your soul is meant to, to connect with the one who created you. And you can't do that with evil in this world. And so because of the relationship, 
Because of the relationship you have with Jesus, you can go before him and say, God, I'm unworthy. But because of Jesus, I'm here today. Would you just touch me? Would you love me? Would you care for me? Would you speak to me? I welcome your Holy Spirit. Meditate on that for a while. Let that transform your thinking and your life. That's what God is saying to Nicodemus and Jesus that night. There's a gap between the spiritual and the natural realm. And the only thing that could bridge that gap was a cross and God's son on that cross. And he gave us access to the supernatural power and love of God. And that's why when you and I fantasize, when you and I imagine that somehow, well, I can be kind of godly every now and then and get godly results. No, you're not respecting the relationship and and you're not respecting what God has for us. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, okay? The elephant in the room is this. You and I live in a natural world that does not understand spiritual things. And the natural world in which we live right now is telling you, for the most part, it's cool. It's cool for you to be anxious, worried, and afraid. They're actually encouraging you to be afraid. They'll tell you the likelihood of Getting something bad happened to you if you just go on a walk in the park. I'm just telling you, our world lives from this elementary worldview that you should be afraid. Why? Well, generally because they're trying to sell you something. All right? At the same time, our world says, you ought to be mad. You ought to be angry about the way you've been treated. Ain't it time for you to get a little bit mad and stand up for yourself? it do you some good. If you would be just a little bit more afraid, you'd you'd be more cautious and you could protect yourself and you could live. Can I just tell you something? We're all going to die. Are you ready for that appointment? I'm not saying you're going to die today. I don't know when you're going to die. And and who knows? Maybe you won't die. Maybe Jesus will return and you won't die and you'll get to go directly to him. But can I tell you, you still want to be ready for that appointment. Can I ask, what outfit will you have packed? Are you going to have Bermuda shorts because it's going to be hot where you're going? Ah. You know what I'm saying? See, are you waiting for that? Are you ready? See, the elephant in the room is this. We live in a world that tells you you should be afraid, that you should be angry. And I'm telling you, you weren't designed for that. It's a fantasy to believe that you can live. Do you know how stressed our world is right now? Do you know what stress does to your body? And we're telling you, you should be worried and angry. And we're we're just constantly being ripped apart at our emotional level. And and we're, we're being destroyed as human beings right now. In your notes, I put it, I put it this way. I said, our, our relation for our relationships to work and to get along with people, We have to deal with ourselves first. Most of us are walking around with too much worry and anger. Until you deal with the worry and anger in your life, you truly can't give yourself to somebody else. With the the worry and anger that you are feeling right now, it's destroying your relationship with God and with other people. From my experience, if you have worry or anger in your life, or maybe you've got both, (laughs) You're worried you're going to get mad in just a second. I don't know. You know, and, 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 and if you've got worry and anger going on inside of you, 
and you're trying to have a relationship with somebody else, can I just tell you, that's three, and that ain't company. See, if you have worry in your life, that other person that you say is significant to you, they can't get close to you because you're worried about something or you're angry about something. And I can tell you this for sure, that worry or anger will destroy any relationship. Tell me this, what person that, that worries all the time do you want to hang out with? What person that's just full of anger and seething do you want to spend time with? Nobody. But our world is telling people, you know, girl, what you need to do is get mad. Get angry, and then you'll get some results. The only results that you're going to get out of your anger, out of your worry, is, is deeper in the ditch and more loneliness and, and, and more worry or more anger. So how does, how does worry work? Worry works this way. Worry says, oh my, there's not going to be enough. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I'm, I, 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 I just don't know what to do. I'm, I'm so worried. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, 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 I. At the center of worry is self, isn't it? And, and, and the truth is, worry says, I can't trust God. I don't trust God. I don't believe that there's a creator that would love me and take care of me. Listen, he's done a great job up until now. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. He's done a great job with you. He's going to finish that. But worry denies the power of God. It's, it's like, it's like this, this constant playing tape. You can't trust God. You can't trust God. And you got to get rid of it. You got to kick it out. Worry will take away your sleep and you'll worry more because you'll be tired. You realize the scripture says that worry will steal your sleep and your rest. And Jesus said, I'm the Prince of Peace. I came that you might have peace and rest. Listen to the scripture. This is Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Notice that ruin is for the wicked. You don't have to be afraid of that. God's judgment you don't have to be afraid of. Why? Because I'm trusting him. He's got me. Jesus is taking care of my salvation. Jesus is my savior for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. So I don't have to worry about the deception. Not at all because God has got me. That's what Paul is telling the church. Trust God. That's how worry works. Worry takes you from trusting God. Number two, how does anger work? Well, anger makes me believe that I have a right to be angry. That's what, that's what anger does. Right, well, I got a right to be. You shouldn't have treated me that way. And I don't like it. Well, can I tell you, yelling about it ain't improving the situation. See, anger always believes it has a right to reside in your life, to, to take over your life. And all I can tell you is, it is a seething pool of cess. I don't know. Just terrible. It stinks. It's no good. Nobody wants to be around you. And if you, can I tell you, if you've let anger run your life for years, more than likely you're lonely. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. 
Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing? Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. Today, we want to take some time to pray for our prayer life to increase. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you right now because we're like the disciples that sat with Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And God, we want to learn how to pray. And and, and we know the, the Lord's prayer. And, and so the, the prayer that we need has to come from you, Father. We're praying that you would begin to anoint us. Jesus, you said if we ask for a gift, that we would get it. That if we ask for the Holy Spirit, we would get the Holy Spirit. If we ask for an egg, we would get an egg. We wouldn't get a scorpion. And so we're asking you right now, Father, we're asking you to pour out your Holy Spirit on us and begin to give us a, a hunger and a thirst for prayer. God, begin to teach us how to pray. Lord, our world needs a church a people that is that is holy and pleasing to you that would pray for your kingdom to become and your your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and and lord we need to be aware of the the sins and the temptations of this world and we're asking you right now to speak to us so that in prayer we might confess our sins and be set free so that in prayer we would have our daily bread so that in prayer our nation would change so that in prayer our families and our our workspaces and our schools and our lives would be transformed father when we see the world around us we see a world in need of you and We've been speechless, and we ask you to forgive us now. Begin to give us the words to pray over our families and over our nation and over our world. God, forgive us for our prayerlessness and begin now, Lord, to awaken us at night. We give you permission to awaken us at night to pray. Awaken us in the morning to pray. May we begin to pray more and more every day. May we become a people of prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address, your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. Your Next Step is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888 644 
888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for your next step.